may be seated. Today I'm going to be uh, sharing a story about probably one of the most famous persons in, a, in the Bible. And a lot has been written about him and a lot has been said about him. But I'm going to kind of give you some story about him. And, and today's message is about an encounter with God. An encounter with God. And it's, it's from the perspective and the story of Abraham. And so as we begin this story about him, uh, if you have your Bible, you can turn to Genesis. It starts in chapter 12, and really the big test that, that Abram goes through is all the way through chapter 22. Well, a lot of things are happening in Abraham's life. If you go back and you think about the time that Abraham lived, we're talking, folks, in history 4,000 years ago. Can you imagine what it was like to live <laughs> 4,000 years ago? Well, you think about it. They had no Bible. Had no Bible. They didn't have churches. I mean, they were wandering around out in the, in the lands. Uh, the synagogues, the temples were not built at that time. There were, there were no conferences. There were no Christian bookstores. There weren't any books. There wasn't the media that we have. You know, you can, you can go listen to anything online these days and participate in all that. But back then, Back at that time, we see a man who had an encounter with God. And that's what I want us to focus on, is sometimes um, there's a lot out here in the world that can clutter you and distract you. And I believe with all my heart, I'm not suggesting we're going to go back and live like it was in the days of Abraham, but I think we can learn some, some valuable lessons that can apply to our life today. And so that's what I want to be looking at today. The thing that we're going to discover about old Abram is that he was not perfect. None of us are perfect. But he was a, a blameless and a godly, godly man. But what God needed was he was looking for someone that was going to believe him. He was looking for someone that was going to trust him. And more importantly, he was looking for someone that was going to obey him because, just because God is God. You hear me? You hear what I'm saying? Believe in him, trust him, and obey him just because God is God. Now, I don't know if you've ever had a moment to where God asked you to do something, or if you've had that encounter to where God came to you and he told you something to do. We're going to look at several uh, encounters that Abraham had today but uh, one of the things I want to describe to you first is this what I'm giving you is a definition an encounter is something that is a word that's known as a, a kairos moment a kairos moment you know you may have never heard of that word kairos now that word kairos basically the definition is it's an opportunity it's a it's a fitting time for something in other words, uh, there's, there's, time, there's the timeline which is linear. And you know, as time goes and, and it has started from eternity past. And before, before time even began, God was. Okay, God is God even before time began. But once time even started, and it started on this timeline, and you and I are on it at this point, here's what happens. A Kairos moment is like a moment on this timeline to where you have an encounter with God. 
And God meets with you in a special way. I've had several Kairos moments. And it's an opportunity for God to speak to you, and it's an opportunity for you to respond to God. And so there's really, there's a few parts to it that I want you to see. There's the believe part of the Kairos moment. And when you have the believe part, it's, an, it's a time for you. Let's move on to the next one. There's a repent side and a believe side. But on the repent side of it is you observe what God says to you. You reflect on what God says to you. And then you discuss that. You talk it out with him. We're going to see Abraham had some of those moments. You observe, what is it God saying to me? Then I begin to think about what God has said to me. And then, God, we're talking about it. You know, it's okay to do that. That's the repent part of it. Because, listen, God's going to ask you to do something sometime that's going to change your course. And repent means you're headed one way, and then you change your direction, and you head God's way. Okay? And then the belief part comes out of this. There's, you got to plan, you got accountability, and then you have to act upon it. So God will give you something to do. So you've got to act on it. And then you have to have accountability to what it is that God's told you to do. And then hopefully the plan God gives you, you will carry out. So these are the parts of what takes place in a Kairos moment. A time where you meet with God. Have you, have you ever had a, those times where you've met with God and it almost seems like time stands still and you might have met with hours but it only seemed like a few minutes? Have you ever had one of those? I know the, the men gathered Wednesday night in a group, and, and, and even Cal told me. He said, he said man, uh, almost two hours went by, and I didn't even think we'd been there for about 15 minutes. Well, when you begin to get in moments where God's meeting with you, and it's special that he's meeting with you, it's like that's a Kairos moment. It's like time stands still. Because you're in that moment with God. Well, Abraham, he had some of those. One of the first things that happened, we'll, we'll begin the story with, is in Genesis 12. And his name's not even Abram. Abraham. It's Abram. And that's significant, y'all. Because you know why? Because the name Abram means father. A little bit later on when the names change, I'll tell you what that means. But at this point in the story... His name is Abram. And he was living in the land of Uz as, as part of the land of the Chaldeans. It's modern-day Syria. And here's what God told him. God came and had an encounter with Ab Abram. And he said, this is what I want you to do. He says, I want you to go forth from your country. I want you to go forth from your relatives, from your father's house, into a land I'm going to show you. In other words, leave your family Leave your father's house, and you're going to go to a place you've never even been before. That's what I'm asking you to do, Abram. Wow. Now, some of you in this room are thinking, oh, 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 that's big. You're thinking, no, no, God, please. You know, how many of you ever prayed, God, please don't ever send me to Africa? Some of y'all have done that. I don't know why it is we put Africa like the place we don't want to go, but... You know, nobody's ever said, Lord, please don't ever send me to Hawaii, you know, or anything like that. Oh, if God's calling me, oh, yeah, First Baptist Church of Hawaii or First Methodist Hawaii, whoo, yeah, 
Pentecostal Church of Hawaii. Let's go there. You know, that's going to be great. But listen. God told Abram to go to, to take up his family, leave his father's house, go to a place he'd never been before. Wow. Then he says, this is what I'm going to do to you. I'm going to bless you, and I'm going to make your name great, and you're going to be a blessing. And I'm going to bless those who bless you, and I'm going to curse those who curse you. But God promised him something in this journey. And then it says this, in you, all the families, all the families of the earth will be blessed. Wow. Now, man, I'm going to tell you, that's a big assignment right there, isn't it? In you, Abram, all the families of the earth are going to be blessed. Now, check this out. In the timeline of Abram's life, we know that he's 75 years old when we pick up on this story in, in Genesis 12. Nothing is known about his childhood, Bruce. Nothing in his 20s, 30s. We just pick up on his life, and he's 75 years old. Now, there might be some of you in this room that hadn't hit 75 yet. You might be getting close or you might just have crossed over, but listen, that gives us all hope, doesn't it, in the room? It does. God's, God waited to give one of the most important encounters and ex excitement in a man's life who was 75 years old. How do I know that? Verse 4, so Abram went forth as the Lord had spoken to him. And Lot went with him. Now, Abram was 75 years old when he departed. Wow. I really feel like that I'm not close to that yet. Got many years to go before I get there. But here's the deal. I hope that God does, allows me to see more in the latter years of my life than I have in all the time before. And I believe that. And I trust that. And I hope that. I'm, I'm looking for God to do great things. But this is where Abram starts on his journey. He leaves everything. Family. fathers. I mean, he took his family, but the father's house, all his relatives and all that, he left behind to go to a place he's never been before. Okay? And here's the next one. Turn over a few pages in your Bible. Chapter 15. Here's another encounter God gives to Abram. It says in verse 1 of chapter 15, it says, After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. And this time he says, Do not fear, Abram. I am a shield to you, and your reward shall be very great. Now, Abram goes on over the next few verses, and he describes to God the very fact that he and Sarai do not have any children. She's barren. She's been barren uh, the whole time. And so he doesn't have an heir. And in fact, he mentions... Uh, Eliza in verse 2 was living in his house. This guy was from Damascus, and he said, well, I guess he's going to inherit all, my, all the blessings that God's given me. But God says, no. There's going to be one from you, Abram, that's going to come from your flesh. He will be the one. And then this is what God says to him. Verse 5, I love this. God took him outside, and he said, now look toward the heavens. Look up. Look toward the heavens. Go out there and count the stars. And as you begin to count them, see if you can begin to even 
count all the multitude and the host of heaven that's out there. And if you can, just know this. Your descendants are going to be more than the stars of the heaven. Now, we're talking a 75-year-old man, okay? His wife, I believe, according to the math, is 10 years, no, 9 to 10 years younger than him. She's 65. She's still barren. And so this is what God is promising, and this is the encounters Abraham's having. And notice what I love that he says right here in verse 6. It says, the Word of God says, Then Abram believed in the Lord, and he reckoned it. He, God, reckoned. That means put to the account it to him as righteousness. In other words, that was the moment that Abram had his encounter with God that he says, you know what? I believe. I believe. I am in on this. This is it. I trust you. And this is why Abraham, Abram, who became Abraham, is known as the father of us all. Listen, this is the one who has the name to where Jesus said, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And this is the guy that started that list. This is big time, Abram. Well, the story continues. He believes God, and it's accounted to him as righteousness. And he's been told, you're going to have descendants as more than the stars of the heavens. So, wow. But listen, here's what happens. This is, this is what we love about God. God doesn't paint a perfect picture of people's lives. Because 10 years later, pick up in uh, chapter 16, go over to it. Chapter 16, you, Sarah, Sarai is brought into the scene here, and Sarai has a talk with Abram. It says in verse 1, Sarai, Abram's wife, had borne him no children, and she had an Egyptian maid whose name was Hagar. And so Sarai said to Abram, Now behold, the Lord has prevented me from bearing children. Please go in to my maid. Wow, that's, that seems pretty radical. Perhaps I will obtain children through her. So look what happens here. Abram listened to the voice of Sarai. How much time had passed from the time that God spoke to Abram and told him? Ten years had passed. Now Ab Abram is 85 years old. And guess what? Something had happened in that 10-year period. And here is Sarah knowing about Sarah, knowing about this promise. But she tries to take the matters into her own hands. And she's going to offer her handmaid, an Egyptian handmaid. And she did. And she offered. But notice, I underlined it in my Bible. I, know, I, I put parentheses around it. Abram listened to the voice of Sarah. key to us is, is this, church. When we should listen to the voice of God. When God gives a promise. His promise will come true. Now the timing of that often confuses us. And this just shows that Abram and Sarai were just human. Just like us. They blew it. This is the guy who's the father of us all now. But they decided to help God out. And so Hagar was presented. Abraham goes in, sleeps with her, and she conceives and has a child. 
And guess what? They named him Ishmael. Ishmael. What does his name mean? God hears. Or God has heard. Now that's significant. Because Ishmael ends up becoming someone that is going to become a, a person that's going to Everybody's going to hate him. Everybody's going to fight against him and his descendants. And still to this day, they do. But here's what happened in that story. Sarah, Sarah saw that uh, Hagar was pregnant, and so she got mad, and she just sent her away. She sent her out in the wilderness. But an angel of the Lord came to Hagar out there, and she told her, out of you is going to come one, and you're to name him Ishmael. And so even God protected that and said, there's going to be 12 princes that are going to come out of that union. So Ishmael ended up having 12 sons. Isn't that something? 12 sons out of Ishmael. And so the story continues. But let's pick up and see the rest of it. It says in verse 12, I like this about Ishmael. It said, he's going to be a wild donkey of a man. How would you like to describe that as your son? He's going to be, basically, he's going to be a jackass. Now, you probably think you've had or know some, you might say, well, man, that, that kid over there, he's a real ass. But listen, hey, the Bible, that's what he says. He's going to be a wild donkey of a man, and his hand will be against everyone, and everyone's hand will be against him, and he will live to the east of all of his brothers. Whew. Boy. We're living in that time, aren't we? Ishmael and his descendants, the Arabs, the Iranians, Iraq, all of them, Ishmael's descendants. Did y'all know that? They are. We're living in that time. Why do you think they don't like Israel? It all goes back to this story right here. Well, let's pick up and let's continue to go. Where's the next encounter? This is the one I love. It's found in Genesis 17. It says, now when Abram was 99 years old. So the last thing we had, he was 85. Now he's 99. And it says this, the Lord appeared to Abram and he said to him, I am God Almighty. Walk before me and be blameless. And I will establish my covenant between me and you. And I will multiply you exceedingly. Now here's where I wrote repent in my Bible. Because of the very next verse, verse 3. Abraham, Abram fell on his face. And God talked with him. In that moment. He had an encounter with God, and it put him on his face. You know, when I was this week in the week of prayer and fasting, and I was, I got to this part of preparing for the week. I had been praying, and I'd been sitting, and I'd been kneeling some. But when I got to this, it put it in a perspective, and there was only one place to go, and that was on the floor on my face before God. And that's where I went. Because I knew that if this man had to repent like this, who am I? I had to repent. And I had to get on my face before God. And this is what God said to him. He said, Abram, behold, my covenant's with you. 
Even though you've blown, even though they've gone down the path of Ishmael, he says, listen, no longer. He said, as for me, behold, my covenant's with you, and you will be the father of a multitude of nations. Verse 5, key, circle it. No longer shall your name be called Abram, which means father, but your name shall be Abraham, which means father of a multitude, father of nations. Wow. Verse 6, and I will make you exceedingly fruitful, and I will make nations of you, and kings will come from you, come forth from you. And I'm going to establish my covenant between me and you and your descendants after you throughout the generations for an everlasting covenant. Wow. So God speaks. He falls on his face and God reminds him once again of the promise of the covenant and of the future. And he says, out of you is going to come him. And he changes his name. Wow. So... He didn't stop with Abram, by the way, and changing to Abraham. Look over at, at verse 15 of the same chapter 17. Then God said to Abraham, notice he didn't call him Abram at that point. He said, then God said to Abraham, as for Sarai, your wife, you shall not call her name Sarai, but Sarah. So she got a name change because she shall, so shall be her name. I'm going to bless her. And indeed, I will give you a son by her. Then I will bless her. And she shall be a mother of nations. Kings of peoples will come from her. <laughs> All right. How old is Abram? Abraham now. How old is he? He's 99. Listen, verse 17. Then Abraham fell on his face. <laughs> and he laughed. Now, I'm 57, but if 32 years from now God came to me and said, you're about to be a daddy. Y'all laughed. That's exactly what old Abraham did. He laughed. He laughed. And my wife said, that ain't going to happen. She done took care of that, all right, so. But you know what? God can even take care of the take cares, can't he? I believe he can bypass some things. <laughs> he sure can. But Abram, Abraham fell on his face and he laughed and he said in his heart, he didn't say it out loud to God, he said it in his heart, will a child be born to a man 100 years old? <laughs> and will Sarah, who is 90 years old, bear a child? And Abraham said to God, oh, oh, that Ishmael may live forever. So Abraham went back to the flesh part, you see, because Ishmael was a product of the flesh. Isaac's a product of the promise. And that's where you get into Galatians about the flesh and the spirit and all that stuff, powerful stuff. So he goes on, and he says, but God said, but no, but Sarah, your wife, will bear you a son, and you shall call his name Isaac. Now, what does Isaac mean? Laughter. It means laughter. He laughs. And I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant for his descendants after him. But as for Ishmael, I've heard you, and behold, I will bless him. 
And I will make him fruitful and will multiply him exceedingly. And he shall become the father of 12 princes. And I'll make him a great nation. But my covenant I will establish with Isaac. Whom Sarah will bear to you at this season next year. And when he'd finished talking with him, God went up from Abraham. Wow, what a story. What encounters and what a promise that took place. The key things that I can share with you out of this whole story is this. Abraham had encounters with God. Abraham heard or listened to God. But most importantly, Abraham responded to God. Abraham responded to God. Now the story goes on. A year later, sure enough, Sarah heard about this and Sarah laughed too. And then she denied that she'd even laughed, but she did. And the story goes on and Isaac is born. And then Isaac is weaned. And after that time of being nursed from his mother, Sarah looks out and she sees Ishmael, who's about 13 at the time, mocking her son. And so she says, away with him. She comes to Ab her husband, Abraham, and says, get him away from me because my son is getting the inheritance and he's not. And one of the hardest things Abraham had to go through was sending Ishmael, his own flesh and blood, away from him. And they were sent out into the wilderness and pretty much Hagar got out there and saw the boy over here and she walked away from him. She didn't want to see him die because they didn't have any water. And she just went over there and started crying out to God, going, Lord, I don't want to see my son die. And then God spoke to her, and a whale came out of the wilderness. And the water fed them, and they lived to this day. And that, like I said, 12 nations came out of him, out of Ishmael. But Isaac was the one. And Isaac began to grow. And the greatest encounter that Abraham ever had to respond to God was many years later when God told him take now your son your only son and go up to a mountain in the land of Moriah which I'm going to tell you and there you are to offer him unto me wow so Abraham listened, and Abraham grabbed Isaac, and they took off for three days to that place. And Isaac turned and said, Father, there's the wood, and there's the fire. Where is the lamb? And Abraham said, Son, God will provide for himself the lamb. And so they went to the top of that mountain, which many know is modern-day Jerusalem. And I believe, y'all, it was the exact place where Jesus was crucified. I believe God does it just like that. And on top of that mountain, Abraham lifted up that knife and was ready to plunge it through his one and only son because he never saw, he never saw Ishmael ever again. And he was getting ready to put it through his one and only son. And the angel said, stop. Because now, look in chapter 22. 
Now I know. Now I know that you believe. Now you have not held anything back. You believe. And here's the thing. Verse 18. In your seed all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. Because you have done what? Obeyed my voice. God's looking. In that encounter, God's looking for someone who's going to what? Hear from him. Listen to him. And respond to him in obedience. The Bible says obedience is of far more value than sacrifice. I believe that a lot of times in our journey in faith the reason that we can't go from first grade to second grade or eighth grade to ninth grade or graduate to the next grade is because we have not obeyed what God told us to do in this one but once you and I be learn to trust listen trust and then obey the blessings flow they flow. You with me? That's an encounter with God. So what can we learn from it? What is God saying to us today? What can we learn from Abraham's lesson? What's God saying to you today? Where is it that God has encountered you recently? Did you hear him? What did he say to you? Have you trusted him? But most importantly, have you obeyed him? Trust and obey. That's the key. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for the powerful, powerful encounter you had with Abraham. Thank you for the ultimate test that he encountered and he proved faithful. Because the, your 